0: This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out of home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at vibonomics.com. And
1: now, from the Vibonomics Studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz.
0: Yes, hello and welcome. My name is Adam Ritz. We're so glad you're on board with us today for this public affairs show. We're going to talk about some public affairs issues, community service items. Uh, Hopefully, some of the information you hear will uh, make not only your day better, but make your life better. It's going to make my life better, especially when we introduce Jay Baker to the squad. Hi, Jay. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing great, Adam. And yes, this show is designed to enrich your life.
0: Well, it's only good when when you're on it. So I'm going to lean heavily <laughs> on you, and hopefully uh, I can skate. Uh, or as they say, I, I can borrow a, a postage stamp and mail it in. Because that was my New Year's resolution, is to stop trying in 2021. I'm going to mail it in through the whole year. And I know there are research uh, – there's research out there to show that um, we give up our – New Year's resolution. Sometime maybe the first week of February is when we give it up and right. stop doing it. So if you wanted to eat healthier by, you know, by February tenth, you're having ice cream for breakfast. Well, for me, I'm I'm hoping that's not true. I by February tenth, I'm still gonna be mailing it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you gotta have a goal. You know that.
0: You know, I tried so hard in twenty twenty. And that year was such a waste for all of us, so I, I'm just going to George Costanza this and just do the opposite <laughs> of, uh, of everything I think I should be doing. Uh, I've got a couple stories here I want to hit on before we uh, get into the weeds of uh, some of the topics we have today. Um, speaking of uh, eating healthy, uh, there's a study uh, in the United Kingdom public health campaign that says that kids between the ages of 4 and 10 consume the equivalent of 5,500 sugar cubes a year, which I found funny because, you know, in America, we would never— display a study in the form of a sugar cube,
1: <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, know, uniquely United with, Kingdom with, for sure.
0: uh, in, with tea time and in uh, the sugar cubes. Uh, it's funny that that's their, uh, their baseline and foundation for the study is the sugar cube. <laughs> uh, so the kids between four and 10 have about 5,500 sugar cubes a year. The sugar comes in the form of juices, soft drinks, cookies, breakfast cereal desserts candy uh, you know the same thing our kids here in america eat Uh, and experts say a five-year-old should not have any more than 19 grams of sugar per day that's the equivalent of five cubes so if you do that math five cubes a day for the year 365 days that's 1825 sugar cubes a year so in the united kingdom your average five-year-old that should be having 1800 sugar cubes a year is having almost 6000 sugar cubes per year. There's to me I there's a sugar cube problem in the United Kingdom. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it sounds like there's going to be a shortage pretty soon.
0: We obviously don't have this problem in America because I haven't seen it. I'm almost 51 years old. I've never seen a sugar cube. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we thought we'd, we'd share that with you with, uh, I know a lot of people, the New Year's resolution, eating better, eating healthier. Uh, so if we just take out of this study that uh, the juices, soft drinks, cookies, breakfast cereals, and desserts are the nemesis here, providing all these sugar cubes. Uh, maybe the simple thing for all of us to do, me included, first in line is to cut back on the soft drinks, the cookies, the breakfast cereals, and the desserts. Maybe uh, that'll knock me down to 1,800 sugar cubes a year.
1: Wow. You know, and that's all the good stuff, though. The minute you mentioned that list, I thought, that's about, oh, about 70% of the stuff I really would have a tough time living without.
0: Right. You know, and I feel terrible (laughs) admitting this, uh, but this is reality radio. I might as well be honest. Uh, For lunch today, I had cheese popcorn and Kit Kat. That's what I had for lunch today. That's terrible. Uh, I know. I'm not— I'm not living by example. I'm not being a good example. Uh, Tonight, the good news is when I do something like that, uh, I have, uh, I guess, calorie guilt or sugar cube guilt, and uh, I turn it around on the next meal. So you can count on me having uh, some baby carrots and celery for dinner tonight. Good, good, good. Okay. Also, I wanted to mention... Uh, A friend of the show, Kenny Loggins, Mr. 80s soundtrack himself, celebrated a birthday this week, January 7th. He turned 73 years old. Uh, And in honor of his birthday, uh, I wanted to mention uh, a charity that he's very heavily involved with. Uh, He has announced recently a partnership with Why Hunger? And we've done some reporting uh, here in the past uh, on this organization Uh, to help end hunger. Their website is whyhunger.org, and uh, he's involved with their hashtag Hungerthon campaign to help raise over $1 million to help end hunger and tackle urgent human needs across the United States. We are going to share his post from his Facebook page uh, on my Facebook page. It's Adam Ritz Show on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash Adam Ritz Show. If you want to check this out, maybe even pull out your digital uh, banking information and make a donation to uh, Why Hunger um, with all the uh, hard work Kenny Loggins is doing to help bring awareness and raise money to help end hunger with a million dollars trying to be raised here in the early part of 2021. And if you want to go straight to the source, it's just whyhunger.org. You're on board with the Adam Rich Show. We're brought to you in part by Vibonomics, a marketing firm uh, with retail locations and audio production and uh, audio announcements and audio out-of-home audio uh, advertising. If you walk into a grocery store and you hear a song followed by a voiceover message promoting something that's probably Vibonomics. you're listening to, you can learn more about them at Vibonomics.com or Uh, A link right on our website, adamritzshow.com, and it's Ritz like the Ritz-Carlton, adamritzshow.com. Jay Baker, what do you want to talk about? How many sugar cubes are on your uh,
1: desk right now? You know, I was eating a sugar cube just before you called on me, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I like to make my own
0: sugar cubes. You know, they're hard to find in America, so uh, I've taken an old Rubik's Cube, I dismantled it and made a form out of it, and now I make my own uh, Rubik's sugar cube.
1: Oh, that's so funny. And you're so correct. We really don't see sugar cubes much in America. I know the uh, when we were growing up, the lady next door, who, she and her husband uh, had spent a lot of time in England, and they had sugar cubes. I think that was the first time I ever saw one. It was. It's a fascinating little thing. It's a perfect square.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna look i'll 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 update you. We'll do a follow up report. I'll see if I can find any uh, retail location in America that just has sugar cubes sitting on uh, the shelf. and maybe one of our listeners is laughing at us right now because maybe they're more common than I think. They might be at the corner convenience store. I don't know.
1: They're pretty uncommon. i I know that to be almost certain. Well, you know, be careful what you volunteer for. New Year's Eve used to be like the preeminent entertainment thing. Remember when uh, Dick Clark hosted New Year's Eve right there at Times Square and the big crystal ball would drop right at midnight? Oh, yeah. Well, and they've had so many great performers, but there have been some serious misfires lately. Famously, Mariah Carey, who is certainly very well known during the holidays, Her All I Want for Christmas Is You has been voted on many polls to be the most popular Christmas song, contemporary Christmas song. And poor Mariah Carey performed a few years back on New Year's Eve, claimed she couldn't hear herself in the monitor, and basically almost wandered off stage during her performance. I remember that, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Cindy Lopper is the latest to have this New Year's Eve performance <laughs> hex occur to her. Uh, I, I am did, laughing you, you for a couple of it? reasons.
0: Let me let me jump in here before you I, I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know okay. I cannot wait to hear how this relates to public <laughs> affairs. But oh, I want
1: public affairs.
0: I watched this performance you're talking about. The uh Cindy Lauper on uh, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest, and it was my family and I, my daughters, we were with my parents, uh, my sister's family. At least eleven of us were watching this, mouths agape in, in laughter at what what a train wreck we were watching from from, yes. an, from really an eighties art art a music a legend legendary artist, and it was. It was comical. It was terrible. Okay, Many that's all I her, wanted to say.
1: Oh, no, I'm glad you did. Many of her songs are considered to be, you know, like all-time favorites of the 80s and, you know, true colors and girls just want to have fun, et cetera. The reason why I bring this up is, as you said, we're looking forward optimistically to a great 2021, but pundits called Cindy Lauper's New Year's Eve performance the Last Punishment of 2020.
0: Oh, that's a, that is a that is a critique. <laughs> it's
1: pretty tough,
0: isn't it? And, you know, uh, some of it wasn't her fault because the format has completely changed. Pandemic, there's no audience. I mean, there was nobody in Times Square. They had a stage set up in front of a sea of beach balls where there used to be an audience. So she's performing yeah. to, uh, I don't know, 1,800 uh, beach balls. And so there's no there's no adrenaline or fan interaction because there's no fans at all. Uh, And then on stage, she had no band with her. Did you see the performance, Jay?
1: I did. You did. I so bad for her. Like you said, I mean, she's kind of unaided. It's kind of all on. No band.
0: She had a DJ who was behind her. And I encourage uh, our listeners to go look, search this out on YouTube, because if you can tell me that that DJ did anything. (laughs) at all during this song this person never touched the you know the wheels of steel i don't think they ever pressed a button for one sound effect they just stood there and kind of did this horrible 80s dance along with uh cindy who's hopping around a stage in front of beach balls by herself and her vocals were her it was it was not lip sync because if if you lip sync something it's going to sound good It did not sound. It sounded weird. It sounded off. Uh, There's a thousand reasons why it could have been terrible, and I think all thousand things lined up perfectly. And you know, it's cold. It's you're outside in New York City, and you know, at the end of December, you're freezing.
1: That's the other thing too. You can tell me to do
0: what I'm good at. I don't know what it is, but say go do it outside in Times (laughs) Square at midnight on New Year's (laughs) Eve, and I'd do it terribly. Uh,
1: So God bless
0: her. I feel bad mentioning how terrible it was, but it was. it was the last, the last what of 2020?
1: It's called, it, they, pundits said it was the last punishment the of 2020. The last
0: <laughs> punishment of 2020. God bless Cindy Lauper.
1: Poor Cindy Lauper, 80s icon. Uh, speaking of 80s icons, David Hasselhoff is in the news this week because he is auctioning off his personal Knight Rider replica as featured in the show Knight Rider. It's going up for auction and uh, all the proceeds will go to a charity. They estimate that the Knight Rider car should go for about $300,000. It's an 82 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. As you know, Trans Am kind of a famous car. It was made famous by Smokey and the Bandits and then the Night Rider uh, car throughout the '80s was considered to be a very cool car.
0: Well, without question, the Night Rider car is one of the most recognizable uh, cars in pop culture. A uh, couple of questions: The Hoff, did is is this his car? He did after production closed down of that television show. He got the car.
1: Yeah, apparently there were two or three cars used for different various scenes. Uh, You know, they had one car that had really nothing inside of it. It was just a shell that they used for filming. This particular one was drivable, uh, didn't have all the bells and whistles on it, but it was a legitimate, filmed-on-camera Knight Rider car, and David uh, acquired it after they broke production of Knight Rider.
0: It's got to have the red lights in the grill going back and forth. Oh,
1: yes. Otherwise, it's
0: it's not the Knight Rider car.
1: No. Now, apparently it will not speak to you as the real Knight Rider car did, because that's the part that fascinated me during the entire Knight Rider series was just that the fact that the car directly communicated with the driver.
0: Sure. With logic and personality. I mean, that's <laughs> they better figure out how to put that A.I. in the car. Otherwise, I'm
1: not paying 300 grand for it. And who's I the charity? Do we know who the charity your- is? I do not know what the charity is. I, when I wrote this down, I wrote charity, but I, I did not catch what the charity was for.
0: Well, that's good enough for me. So, so we'll. Uh, if anybody's in really interested, they can Google uh, uh, Night Rider uh, Auction Hasselhoff. They'll find the charity. Uh, yeah, I'm sure somebody's going to get some uh, some some well uh, fundedness coming from. Uh, from Kit that was the name of the car right Kit
1: That's right Kit the uh, amazing it was uh, it stood for night industries 2000 Kit Huh okay I never and I there was, that. And, Yeah and of course the Night Rider theme uh made it to top 40 radio and much you know in that era there were so many great television theme songs and Night Rider was very recognizable it actually was a top 40 hit but they actually even produced and I I had tried to find the artist this afternoon and could not but there was a record release called The Amazing Car of Tomorrow featuring Kit and it was this instrumental music piece and then the the voice actor that did the Kit car would jump in and say a few lines here and there so pretty schmaltzy but it shows you just how popular Night Rider was as a television series
0: and I think the voice of the car. I don't know the actor's name, but he was uh, in. Um, was he in Magnum PI?
1: He was. The, it was the British guy from Briti- Magnum yeah, PI. The
0: British guy for Magnum PI. That's the voice of the car.
1: Okay. He and, was. Uh, he was stuffy, as we like to say. And if I'm not and mistaken, he knew about sugar cubes.
0: Did, did? Are they not making a some sort of remake, a Knight Rider remake? I think I read that. And if I haven't, then it's only a matter of time because, as we all know, Hollywood is out of ideas. So any show you used to watch or like is probably going to be a movie within the next 18 months.
1: I have nothing to say that would dissuade anybody from that thought. You're absolutely correct. So here's a little footnote. The Knight Rider car is estimated to fetch some $300,000. And uh, if the right set of circumstances present themselves David Hasselhoff will present the car to you in person. Well, so think you know, about you, having the Hoff pull up in uh, the Night Rider can car. You,
0: can you pay a little more t- to not get that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> to let Sorry. David just take the day off. I
0: mean, I just want the car. I mean, you know, I don't need. Uh, I don't need the Hoff pulling up into my driveway.
1: Uh, maybe. You know, well, you don't even know what you'd say to the hoff. There'd be that uncomfortable silence, or or either that, or bring every relative and neighbor that you've ever known in your life, and then introduce them to the hoff.
0: The hoff. I, you know, I have the to hoff. say, the <laughs> I recently this past Halloween, I'm flipping channels. Uh, I'm I find a movie called Piranha Three. It was a terrible. B-movie, and David Hasselhoff is in it, and I will say it is one of the best cameos or and, and or use of a cameo in the history of film. I'm not <laughs> encouraging anybody to watch this movie because it's so terrible and over the top, but if you're flipping channels or if you've already seen it and your eyes didn't fall out of your head, uh, you know about this cameo I speak of, the Hoff. Great sense of humor. Uh, self-deprecating, and uh, because of his career and Baywatch and Night Rider and everything he's done, he's you know he's such a popular singer in Germany. I think he's he's the Mariah Carey of Germany.
1: He is. Um, he is uh, I'm going to guess the uh, Piranha Three movie involved carnivorous fish and children and or adults that were completely unaware that they were in a nearby body of water.
0: You know, it was just a terrible B-movie, maybe even a D-movie. For those of you who've seen it, you know, yes, it is a D-movie. It is uh, uh, cheap laughs, cheap jokes, terrible effects. These fish are eating people. I mean, I guarantee you, this is the first public affairs (laughs) radio show talking about this movie in the history of entertainment.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if... If you could have landed a producer credit, because when the credits would roll, there's your name right there on the screen. That would be so good. Uh,
0: You know what? I might buy this car just to have Hoff come to my house. I don't want the car. I just want to ask Hoff about his role in Piranha 3.
1: People are still chatting about it. (laughs) Well, as you know, Alex Trebek passed in 2020, another kind of bad news kind of thing. And Katie Couric is going to be hosting... Uh, Jeopardy the week after the Alex Trebek episodes run out. Now, they haven't talked about a permanent replacement yet because they've also mentioned Ken Jennings, who is one of the most successful Jeopardy contestants. And Katie's uh, people are just saying one week only right now. So all that is very much in the up in the air who is going to be the permanent replacement for Alex Trebek on Jeopardy.
0: Yeah, I would like to see just a rotating host um, from here on out. Uh, Alex Trebek is one of the few hosts or personalities that everybody loved. Everybody. Oh my goodness! And uh, it's not like uh, he left the show, and anybody's like, "Thank goodness we can get a good host now." Uh, no one can hold his headphones. No one will be able to hold his microphone. So why even try? Just have a guest host every week. Um, Maybe that could be part of the prize. Like if you win, like Ken Jennings, if you win a, a five days in a row, you get to be host one, t- you know, a few months down the road.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, but, there's you know, been some
0: Ken, amazing contestants. Katie Curry, it, it all comes together now. Katie, we were talking about Kenny Loggins earlier. His birthday was uh, this past week, January 7th. Katie Couric's birthday is also January 7th. So happy birthday to the new host of Jeopardy,
1: Katie Curry. There you go, serendipity. Now, probably over the holidays, you might have had a chance to watch at least a moment or two, or even the whole movie, A Christmas Story, which traditionally runs throughout the day on Christmas Day.
0: Saw it five times. Not uh, afraid to admit that. Watch
1: uh, Watch it five times.
0: Yeah, a couple of times right in a row, start to finish, back to back.
1: And you'll appreciate this. Peter Billingsley was the uh, young boy, Ralphie, who uh, was uh, his had his heart set on a BB gun for Christmas. A Christmas story from 1983. Peter Billingsley was 12 years old at the time. And do you remember the famous sheriff scene in the movie?
0: Where with the robbers sneaking over the backyard yeah. fence? Yeah.
1: And you probably recalled uh, that uh, Ralphie had a little chewing tobacco in the uh, scene where he played the sheriff. Yes. Well, the original script guys on the film accidentally gave young 12-year-old Peter Billingsley real chewing tobacco right before the scene started, and Peter had to go lay down for a while. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the director later yelled at the prop guys and said, have you lost your minds? You just gave chewing tobacco to a 12 year old.
0: Oh my good! I had never heard that story.
1: Yeah. He just uh, talked about that in a recent interview with, uh, E network. And I found that to be fascinating because we've all seen the movie so many times and poor Ralphie said that the, that the room was spinning.
0: Without quit, I tried it once in college, and it's the sickest I've ever been. Yeah, I can't oh. imagine a 12-year-old kid doing it.
1: Yeah, we're really here to recommend not to try chewing tobacco under any circumstances. Peter Billingsley, though, is now 49 years old, and he went on to produce and direct television shows. So he's actually still in show business.
0: And he's been tobacco-free for decades.
1: Absolutely. Here's an interesting note. The NFL is currently negotiating some of its television rights. And what they're trying to arrive at is a long term deal that's reported to be worth $100 billion with a B, if you want to know how popular the NFL is. Did you
0: say that with your pinky finger by your mouth?
1: <laughs> I did. I think Dr. <laughs> Evil is the negotiator for this deal $100 billion.
0: That's amazing. But
1: I, I thought that was just amazing. I mean, just when you see those kinds of numbers, $100 billion, they want it to be 10 years in length, but $100 billion, billion dollars—that there's a lot of zeros on that check.
0: Somebody's watching football. It's going to be me Somebody this weekend, is. I'll tell you that.
1: Absolutely. Amazon is currently a player for Thursday night football. So if you've noticed the uh, – how streaming services have become more and more popular. That was pretty interesting that Amazon now is in contention to be the broadcaster for Thursday night football.
0: I watched a few of the games this season on my uh, Amazon uh, Prime Video because uh, I didn't have NFL Network on on my cable system. So I was mentioning to my daughter who lives in Chicago that I couldn't watch the Bears game that she was watching, and she said, it's on Amazon Prime Video, Dad. So I went to my yeah. uh, Amazon Prime Video, and there it was. It was so easy to watch. So it's just amazing how television and our viewing habits has changed over the years. And now we're going to get content that we used to watch on one of the four major networks. We're going to get it on a on an app on a device.
1: And oh, uh, absolutely! And and just and add it to
0: our monthly bill.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think streaming has become a part and parcel of America, especially during the pandemic. Uh, Most people that I know, I would call them TV'd up, meaning they've got more than one way to watch television. So, uh, and you can't blame people because sometimes that's all there is to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of uh, anything else happening yet. We're hoping that changes here in 2021.
1: Now I know that you love food. You, uh, I think if, you had not uh, created the Adam Ritz show. I think you would have created the world's greatest food blog. Uh, somebody has beaten you to it. But I know that you love to eat and you keep up on restaurant trends because you are a chowhound, my friend.
0: I do like food.
1: And uh, the Grubhub company, which has been very busy during the year 2020, a lot of people getting delivery food, released their report called a year in food, and you'll be pleased to know what some of the new biggest food trends are. You are going to have your finger on the pulse of America when you hear about this list. It laid on me. The number one food item of 2020 is the spicy chicken sandwich. Believe it or not, So many restaurants have created their version of the spicy chicken sandwich that it is the overwhelmingly most popular food item of 2020.
0: I believe it. There was, wasn't there a little bit of a war going on between uh, Popeyes and Chick-fil-A? And uh, I think there were even some Popeyes that had uh, their chicken sandwiches were were gone. Like like you'd show up at noon, they'd be gone for the day already. They'd have to wait for the truck to show up the next day.
1: Yeah, they'd have this ultra-specific sandwich that had certain ingredients on it, and they could only make so many. And people would actually line up at the restaurant to get it. And then they'd have to tell people, hey, sorry.
0: She loves the chicken sandwich at Popeye's. I still haven't had it yet. That is on my list. That's one of my New Year's resolutions for 2021. I'm going to mail it in and have a chicken sandwich from Popeye's.
1: (laughs) Spicy (laughs) chicken sandwich. Uh, some of the other big food items that made very interesting, large comebacks or sort of arrivals. McRib. Believe it or not. McRib. Yeah, McRib yes! was, was gigantic. Oh, I remember. Absolutely yes. it, it, was. it
0: It's been eight years or something since they had that out, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we actually featured uh, McRib's return on the Adam Ritz show. And you're right, it it, it had been... It had cropped up in a few restaurants, but it had not been uh, part of McDonald's regular restaurant lineup since 2008. Man. That's uh, that's a long time to wait for your McRib. And the McRib usually delivers that last little bit of barbecue sauce directly to your shirt, and you don't pay any <laughs> extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a feature of the sandwich. Oh. <laughs>
0: We, we probably got time for uh for one more item on that list. We got about 30 seconds left. What else is
1: it? All there? right, there we go. Burrito bowls were big, waffle fries were big and cold brewed coffee. But uh, it it's just an interesting list and I just thought it was so cool that the spicy chicken sandwich is the number 1 food item in America. So I think that uh basically Uh, Every time you have a spicy chicken sandwich, you are being uniquely American.
0: Well, we have about uh, 11 and a half months to go to find out what the food trends of 2021 are. Jay, thank you so much. Very cool stuff. My name is Adam Ritz. Thank you for joining us. This has been The Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.